0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck. And with me, as always, is my co-host, colleague, and best friend. Wow. Marler. Swinging for the fences already. I say that because I'm now an employee of Saturday Down South, mainly because of you. So I appreciate it, buddy.
1: You know, it's just people helping people. And like, you reached out to me and you're like, Chris, how can I make... A very moderate level of income by just talking about football, pissing people off on social media, and and basically just living out what you do every day. And I was like, just listen.
0: I went to the foremost expert.
1: Yeah, that's me. Um, (laughs) Just like a a much lower tax bracket versus Danny Cannell. That's what I like to view myself as. (laughs) But welcome to the team, man. We're really
0: excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it means we can put a little more um, time and effort into this and make it oh, better. Oh, now we can. Yeah, now we, we can. can. Do oh, okay. Well, that's good to know, I guess. No, where it's like we're official now. You know, we're official. We are we, I'm officially signed in. I'm I'm a part of the team. Uh, so I'm excited Falls getting ready to get geared up. I saw today um, one of the Florida State coaches tweeted 3 weeks till camp. 3 weeks. Three? Oh Chris. shit.
1: Yes. Can't wait. We're, I mean, we're 48 days from from the day we're recording this. We're 48 days away. Unbelievable. Thought it would never be. We have media days tomorrow for real. For real. So we have media days starting Monday. So the time you're listening to this, it'll be the day of, um, depending on what time zone you're in. If you're in Guam, it might have already happened. I don't know. So I'm still having some jet lag. We just got back from Oregon.
0: Yeah. your Your future time zone. You broke the news to me last week that you're moving to California. That really got um, <laughs>
1: way too much attention from what I was right. there was like three people that messaged me like the following morning way before I was up. It was like 9:30 and I was not awake. because um, I'm an adult and they were like you're moving to California. I was like in like fucking 2036. And I mean, I don't know, but we went out to we went out to Oregon. <laughs> um, and it was it was lovely cuz you know how I how much I sweat. It was like 55 degrees sunny the entire time it was like hoodie weather it was amazing that's all
0: well good for you i'm glad you're back in the 95 degree heat with 90 percent humidity Ugh, the worst the sweat is back um, always
1: all dry fit from here on out but we are we are like you said moving closer and closer to the season hey uh, this has
0: been the longest off season ever because you know what's made it so long chris is we don't started, fucking say because last year didn't count we started a podcast. Like the day after the, the championship, we started a podcast in the off season. Like, yeah, that's what you that do. makes it even longer because we're coming up with lists. We're trying to make lists. Now we get to actually watch real football in like a month. Incredible. You better
1: hope that like our numbers go up like we keep thinking they are because if they just stay the same, it's going to be real embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm excited to not have to like come up with Fast and Furious characters, I guess. Kind of I feel like talk. you
0: like that more than anything. Yeah, for real. Um, well, we got a big week ahead of us here. SEC Media Days on the horizon.
1: Real quick. So, if you listen to the last episode, uh, you, you basically heard a very long, drawn out emotional uh meltdown from me and my confidence uh, and self confidence because I was constantly clicking and trying to refresh my computer, seeing if I got credentialed. And we left the show thinking I did not get credentialed. Good news update got credentialed still not going <laughs> but i got credentialed
0: so the self-esteem is rising the ego yeah. is back inflated back in action what are you looking forward to most here at the uh, media days um not having to coordinate ubers for my coworkers. um i'm gonna People miss you support. in charge of that. I,
1: I don't know why there's no there's no social setting that we have ever been in where I should ever be deemed like the responsible one. Unless it's like at a bar or other places we can't mention on air, like that's the only time I should be in charge. Um, What am I gonna miss most? I I mean, I like media days because like my first gig I ever had with SDS was media day. So it's like a very like, it's kind of like a sentimental thing. It's it's also the start of like college football and you're around like all the people we get to see like on TV and the coaches and all that kind of stuff. Now this is like year five. I mean, let's call it what it is. It is four days of coach speak. Um, I mean, the the most fun part is hanging out with, like, your peers and stuff like that and getting to see all those people because you don't get to see them, you know, as much, Like, and and usually it's, like, in a press box, so you're not allowed to, like, talk uh, or cheer or anything like that, especially if you're Dan Wolkin. So, I mean, I'm going to miss that part of it and getting my lanyard and feeling all special.
0: But, I mean, I'm kind of excited just to kind of stay at home this year. Oh, Okay. Oh, that's good. I, I feel like you're missing out because even though it's not their first year coaching, it is the first year of media days for one, Lane Kiffin and Mike, Mike Leach, Leach, and even really Sam Pittman, I feel like would be, be, be pretty entertaining. You um, know,
1: it's the people that you wouldn't expect to be as like personable and engaging. Like Derek Mason, he always got the shittiest time slot. It was like Thursday morning. Everyone's, well, I mean, I was. I was so I would assume everyone else was also hungover um and it's like the last day everyone's kind of over it and Derek Mason is just like electric like lights up the room I, I know he went three and nine pretty much every year but like Derek Mason was great I I, I would have loved to see the Pittman thing like when when Mike Leach was hired I remember driving in Atlanta and it was like announcing like six 680 the fan and I legitimately like gave out like a four to five second like scream of excitement because I was so excited for what that was going to bring to media days. That's so, actually yeah, a pretty at,
0: long scream, if you think about it. 45 seconds? Streamer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. A lot of practice. <laughs> um, so, no, I, like, I was super excited for that. I think Kiffin, more than anything, because we talked about this before we started recording, like, I'm probably going to go over for like ad day. And I know all of you are thinking, like, Chris, you're probably going to go whenever Saban's going to be there. And you're probably right, because that's the same day as karaoke. However, Tuesday, I would love to go see Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart talk. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty stacked lineup every day. You got like Coach O and, and Mullen on day one. Like, I just feel like Kiffin, though, I've said this over and over and over again. There's no, if there's anyone that's prepared for this, like, wrote material, it's Kiffin.
0: Oh, dude, he's gonna, he's gonna be electric. Mike Leach, definitely gonna be electric. And then we'll see what happens from there. You know, you're, you're right, though. It's a lot of coach speed, uh, a lot of terrible opinions from the media. As you uh, yeah. may note here in a minute, um, the media is not great at picking um, SEC champions.
1: Really bad at it. Really bad at the whole process, to be honest. Um, yeah. But you like, know what? So... You know
0: what? But you know what this represents, though? It's just that much closer to the start of the season. That's what it, this is like—the first big event to me, right? That really kind of kicks off that feeling of, hey, football's back.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean listen like people bring this up more and more now like on twitter probably just to me but like if you're one of those fans that is very critical of the experts and people in the media that predict stuff like this is this is a like your your world series like this is your super bowl because you get to see what everyone is saying what everyone's predicting in almost every single year that's not exaggeration almost every single year they're fucking wrong It, it is astounding Right. And like I'm, the first year or two that I did this, I took it so seriously, man. I, I took like two or three hours, like studying like stats and not tape. Cause I wouldn't know what I was watching, but like stats and like other people, like actual smart pundits. And I, I just could not have had a more ridiculous, like first team and like second team, like offense. And stuff like, that. it's like just way overthinking everything. But the fact that they can't like pick an actual winner consistently is what blows my mind. Cause we're in an era where, Let's face it. There's one team that's more dominant than anyone else over the past 14 years. And in the 29 years of doing this, the media has only picked the preseason champion correctly eight times. Eight and 21.
0: That's ridiculous. It's really bad. Well, I just feel like, you know, everybody's kind of looking for the not necessarily hot take, but like. The opinion that they they can look back at the end of the season and say I was the only one that said that, right? You know, so you got random people, people like saying like, yeah, Auburn, uh, they're going to be the preseason champion, and they finished seventh. You know, right. that is a good example. Um, Twenty fifteen, <laughs> it's a great year. Um, so, anyways, it's over in Birmingham. You've been over there. How I've have you never been, been to Birmingham. Never been to Birmingham. God, you're missing I out. I don't man. have a lot of friends there. Um, so tell me anything fun to do over there while so like
1: there? if if just the carving on the side of stone mountain like if that carving came to life and became a whole city that's birmingham it is it's not great uh it's got a, it's got a, a rough past but it's like actually a lot better and like more developed now they got a top golf you want to talk there about the, the five best things to do there one you want to go to Archadelphia road okay get on get off at Archadelphia. Go on over to Legion Field. They just put in some new, uh, what do you call it? New turf. They changed the entire damn stadium. Uh, so check out that. What else do you want to do while you're there? Get diabetes, probably. Okay. Um, see some of the sites. Fun fact about Birmingham, it's called the Magic City. I'm familiar with Magic City. You, you know, like we, we shit on Alabama all the time because it's a it's a terrible, terrible bastion of overweight and undereducated people. And I can say that because my whole family's from there um but the say, fact that they named their half of our listeners right now <laughs> yeah and, and all of my family so like <laughs> i but if you are if you have the confidence to name your city after probably the best strip club you know what top five probably in the country yes. good for you best wings in the country so make sure you hit that up i don't know what else to do man go to jack's get yourself a bologna biscuit you haven't lived until you got a fucking 59 cent bologna biscuit with mayonnaise before 7 a.m. to start your day.
0: Here's a hot take. If you're still eating bologna and you're over the age of, I don't know, 13. You're not in prison? <laughs> you got a real... Jail rethink, they serve you. Rethink, rethink life. <laughs> uh, um,
1: no, but the, the best thing about this, and I'm not even fucking exaggerating when I say this, the absolute best part about Media Days is that it's in the Galleria, which is a fancy name for mall, um, and it's literally that entire building is bookended with... Not one, but two Belks. And I fucking love Belks.
0: Belk bowl, RIP.
1: I mean, yeah, you don't think to be sad about it. I'm just like, there's just something about going into a Belk and getting like affordable, like Close probably gently worn a Immediately. You know what I used to do? This is sad, but I used to go in, like when I was having a bad day at Houston's, I would go to the Belk across the street and just read the Tommy Bahama t-shirt puns. It's hard to be in a bad mood when you're reading shit like that. That's a good point. It's one Um, o'clock, brother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get into this a little bit because let's start with preseason, all ACC, Um, SEC idiot. Yep. Sorry. Uh, SEC. Yes. There's going to be some no brainers. There's going to be some um, controversial picks. Um, You look at, and we both have the uh, college football Bible in front of us. um, The Phil Steele magazine that's right and so maybe we'll work off that but there's athlon sports there's lindy's um most people let's start at qb have matt corral for his team i think that right away that's controversial to me
1: okay so this is we're, I, we actually are going to start the episode now i guess 15 minutes yeah. in yeah. um sorry for me so here's my question to you because i feel like this is where things become controversial because everyone has their own agenda or like their way they go about it so When you're picking your preseason All-SEC team or All-Conference team, are you doing it based off of, like, the performance they've already, like, the stats, numbers, and things they've already accomplished, like, and deserve to be there in the preseason? Or are you doing it based off of, like, you predicting or projecting where they're, like, who's going to end up first team at the end of the season?
0: So I'm not trying to be a, a fence sitter here. Um, and this may be oh controversial, God. but it's a little bit of both. I mean, I'm taking what they did last year and I'm also projecting what they could be this year. Right. It's crazy. I know, but you know, you, you could take any example, you know, you could say, uh, this isn't a real example, but let's say, you know, uh, Tony was coming back. You could pick him as your first team, but they have a brand new quarterback. So that right. can completely change what his year is. So you've got to do a little bit of both um and i get that's where the matt corral love is coming from and why he would probably be picked over jt daniels cuz jt daniels we've talked about it as nauseum you've fought about it with georgia fans on twitter his well, numbers were put up against not so great competition last year he's really good but yeah. like i think
1: putting But i would the... project
0: him to be the acc or man i'm going to keep God, doing that jesus huh? I hope not. <laughs> um the SEC uh quarterback first team because I think with his I think they have the best wide receiver core even without George Pickens in the conference. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and uh I think their schedule is much easier. So I think and I think they'll have a better year. So I think I, JT Daniels would be the pick for me.
1: Personally. See, that makes no sense to me though, because here's here's my view on it. Like I agree with you with what you're saying, like where we're going to end up at the end of the season. If we're picking a a preseason Heisman candidate from the SEC, I think JT Daniels is the best pick because of everything you just said. He's really talented. He's going to be on a team that I think is going to be at the forefront of the national championship race. So he's going to already have like the, the eyes of the nation on him. And, and on top of that, he has talent all around him. So all of the things that are in place for like that kind of season are in place for JT Daniels in Georgia. Right. Yep. However, if this is a preseason award that means nothing, right? I think now, like this more than ever is like when you should like grant the kids and like reward the kids that have already put up accomplishments and put up numbers and, and all that kind of shit that like might kind of go like fly under the radar or, or kind of, you know, go unnoticed sometimes. Like Traylon Burks is a perfect example of that, right? Like he will be first team at all to see at the end of the season, but that's a guy that doesn't get near enough love now just because of his team going what like three and seven or whatever last year, JT Daniels has started four games, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: four games against Mississippi state, Missouri, South Carolina and Cincinnati. Two of those games with Cincy and, and Mississippi state, they had to come from behind or they were, they were tied like tied late in the fourth quarter in both those games against Cincinnati is a good team. I, I think JT Daniels is a phenomenal quarterback. Matt Corral, is your like deserving preseason first team All allCC quarterback because of what he did last year, like 30 something touchdowns. I know he threw like the, you know, two games, with, like six picks, but from a, <laughs> that's tough to do. Um, But if you, I mean, I think like from a sheer number standpoint, he, he's easily makes the most sense. And after those two, I don't even know where you go. Cause the Emory Jones thing is fucking bizarre. <laughs> like I don't.
0: Everything really else is a projection. Be, Bryce Young yeah. is a projection. Um, and, and really, JT Daniels is too. I mean, to your point, yeah. I look at the the list a little differently. I look at it as when we fast forward to the end of the year and we're picking the All SEC team. How does that compare? Like, like that. I this is a future projection of what I think the SEC team will look like. Not right. and again, I tell why that's
1: year. fucking stupid. Because okay. we also get to vote on that at the end of the
0: season. Sure so so why would we reward someone for a preseason pick on something they did a year ago with a completely different team potentially even a uh, different coach
1: because they accomplished something and they should probably be rewarded for it
0: should we give it to kyle trask they i did last year he was i had him as the first team all sec quarterback preseason yes how what for what he
1: had, he had 30 touchdowns and like six interceptions. He put up ridiculous numbers in only 10 games. He came like, he, he no, came no, in. preseason, preseason. Yeah. From the year before he had the best stats of any returning quarterback in the sec. Did I think Mac Jones was going to be better? Absolutely. No one wanted to hear that because he threw the two pick six against Auburn, but like, yeah, I, I think like the biggest issue I have with this. And it, it speaks like directly to the argument we're having right now. You look at the running backs if you don't have kevin harris as your first team all sec running back i I, i'm just gonna say it like you're a you're you're a fucking idiot or you're overthinking it okay (laughs) and like and i say that out of love because i'm an idiot but like like kevin harris who's a the running back from south carolina as a sophomore i thought he was a freshman too he played 10 games with a absolute shit supporting cast like a, a yeah. rotating door between fucking Billy Ray Cyrus lookalike with two, like a half a knee. Uh, the kid from Colorado state was name? Colin, whatever his name was. Um, and then like a, a true freshman, Luke Doty. He didn't have a great offensive line. He is against all SEC competition. Put some
0: respect on, on Nick Muse's name though. Great blocking tight end. Love, love, love Nick Muse. Um, But no,
1: Kevin Harris goes, and he was, he was supposed to be a starter that like at the beginning of the season because they had Marshawn yeah. Lloyd, the, the four-star crew from Delaware. 10 games, all SEC competition. He has 1,138 yards. He leads the SEC in rushing besides Najee who played way more games. Um, Over six yards to carry, 15 touchdowns. So if, why are we looking at Tank Bigsby, who I think is great and I think is going to have a, a fantastic season and probably have better numbers than, than Kevin Harris, because he has all five starting offensive linemen coming back. He's going to be the focal point of that offense because Bo Nix sure as shit isn't. And also you have Marshawn Lloyd coming back to split carries with Kevin Harris. If, if you're not putting down Isaiah Spiller and Kevin Harris as your, your first team running backs, I, I, I don't, I just, it's beyond me like like what you're doing when you're, when you're putting like, you know, pen to paper.
0: I, I agree. I, I like Kevin Harris a lot. I have him on my list of people that are being slept on currently. Um, how and i don't understand how i think it's probably just the team isn't doesn't have a lot of accolades going into the year um probably a lot of people weren't paying attention to south carolina last year to be honest with you um can i read you a
1: stat line you tell me which one sounds better sure
0: 834
1: total yards versus 1138 yards uh 6.04 yards per carry versus 6.15 yards per carry Five touchdowns versus fifteen. Tank Bigsby versus would, versus Kevin Harris. H- how? Why are we having this conversation?
0: Uh it again, it could be a projection for this year. Not well, stop doing action. it that way. Do it my way, because I'm fucking tired I, of you're, it. You're reading off of Phil Steele. Don't you get mad at Phil Steele, all right? Don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm reading
1: cfpstats.com. It's my go to every year. <laughs> anyway, um, who would, you, all who right, would so, you run, but, your who would your Christian running backs be?
0: I had, uh, Kevin Harris and Isaiah Spiller, which you've already mentioned. Um, I would put tanks Bigsby on there as well. Uh, Jerry Neely, I think is an all purpose guy. Um, and again, you know, we were, if you want to talk about no brainer picks, I don't think anyone from the skill positions is a no brainer. Um, you look at wide receiver, you know, obviously you've mentioned Traylon Burks, um, you got Mechie from Alabama, who's going to step into a bigger role this year. Uh, you've got Keyshawn Boutte from LSU. Um, there's a couple other names that we'll go through in a minute. I don't think there's any no-brainers there. And, and also, I think the SEC's lost a lot of talent at uh, the yeah. position. You know, um, you look at last year's draft, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, uh, Ter- Terrace Marshall. I'm just going down the list by uh, yards per game here. Jalen Waddle, I mean, picks of your top seven Tony. guys are gone. Yeah, so it's going to be a reset year at receiver. Um, it's it's an opportunity for somebody to make a name for themselves. Right. Um, I think where you start to get into no brainer picks, uh, where there may be locks to be you know almost consensus preseason all SEC. You start at the offensive line. I mean, to me, weird oh, enough. Hold on. I want to go back to receiver first. Okay. All right.
1: So because like. I think this has the most, like, this is open to the most, like, or room for interpretation, right? Like, I think Traylon Burks is – it. mine would be Traylon Burks, Kayshaun Butte, and John Mechie. Yeah. And I think this is the only one where you could really – I think that this would have the best chance, this unit, would have the best chance of also ending up the, the season as, like, one, two, and three, I like guess, you know, as the OCC or first-team L C C receivers. However, you brought up a really good point about Jaden Wally from Mississippi State, which I love. Yeah. And then also, Karius Jackson. And and you're right. Like, not only not only is there so much turnover from last year's receiving core. Like, again, six of the top seven, six of the top seven uh, pass catchers from last season are gone. And you talk about Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. I mean, four of those six were first rounders. Did Terrence Marshall go in the
0: first round? Uh, first outside. If he, it, it was really late. If he did, maybe. Right. Yeah, but I
1: mean, Elijah Moore went like you know pick two or three in like the yeah. second round. So Tony, tons
0: of talent. Tony was the first round. I mean, yeah, it was it was a good year uh, at receiver last year. So um, I, I want to before we move on, um, if we're if we're going in order here, um, running back Chris Rodriguez. I don't think awesome. he's getting enough love as well. Um, yeah. If you look at his numbers, I mean, he actually had more yards per carry than Kevin Harris did, six point six. You look at Kentucky they lose Rose they lose um Wilson who took a lot of rushing yards away I know he wasn't an actual running yeah. back um but if Chris Rodriguez gets the bulk of the carries I understand Kentucky's kind of moving away from being super run heavy they they got the new right. offensive coordinator in there that's trying to bring, bring more balance but Chris Rodriguez who I mean Kentucky still has they had a really good O-line last year but they brought in some kids in the transfer portal this year Chris Rodriguez could have a good year too. So watch out for him. See, the only Same. thing that worries me about
1: him is that they, you still have Cavassier smoke as a talented back. And you also, they do not Phenomenal return man. a lot on the offensive line. You know, I know they got Derek Rosenthal and everything. Like, yeah. Cavassier smokes the fucking man, but like they, they're, they don't have as much experience returning as they did last yeah. year. So that kind of worries me. Um, but you're right. Chris Rodriguez, like, especially between the tackles and against sec competition, like, which I know they only played sec teams last year, but he averaged over seven yards of carry, I think between the tackles. And, and he led the SEC and like you said, like yards per carry. Um, it, it, like the running back thing is also – it's the exact opposite of how the receivers are because you, they're loaded. Like, Zemir White, we're not even talking about. It. And he – Georgia yeah. legitimately has, like, a minimum three, maybe four guys that you could argue would be, yeah. you know, first or second team. So, I, I, I would agree with that. Like, at the, end of the, at the end of the year, I think you could see somebody like Kiaris Jackson, like you said, Jalen Wally, in the year two of Mike Leach's offense – and we're not even talking about your boy, Wondell Robinson.
0: Yeah. Love Wandell. Um So it, it's, it should be interesting there at tight end, you know, I think Jalen Watermeyer is going to be the name there. Um, but our boy, yeah. Nick Muse from South Carolina. Um, don't forget about Eric Gilbert, who I think was listed as a wide receiver when he, he transferred is. to Georgia. Um, so I don't know about that, I think, but I guess if he's a wide receiver, then he wouldn't be on the tight end list. Right. Um but but when you get to the O line, I think interestingly enough, you know, looking at Phil Steele's list, he doesn't have Evan Neal, but I feel like Evan Neal is going to be like pretty much on first team for everybody,
1: right? Did you see that video of him yes. jumping between those. I think Jesus it's mainly going to be
0: because of that video.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you know, this is my least favorite position group because, and I like, I'm, I, I feel like I've done this before, especially if I'm like over it and I'm, I'm tired of filling out the entire like, you know list after like a long week of media days more than any other group this is like all right i don't know who to put here why don't we just put a default georgia or bama player like of the offensive line, like every single time so this is probably like a, a unit that a lot of guys don't get enough love but you're right i think evan neal is in he should be first team he's been a two-year starter he's going to be a, a, a probably top 10 top 15 pick in the draft next year
0: yeah, so – and then you got um, – we were just talking about Kentucky. Darian Kennard, I, I think he's going to be on most people's list as well. Um, and then Jamari Sawyer, the guard out of Georgia. Those three guys I think are going to be pretty much locks to be on the first team. Right. Um. you over, Green from a and Yeah, yeah he, he's another one. Um, flipping over the D-line, I think it's going to be more of the same. Um, you know, when you talk about at least Jordan Davis, who weirdly enough – I. Figured he would have gone to the NFL, just decided yeah. to come back. I you know, maybe there's a sense a in that monster. locker room that they're they're close and they can win a championship this year, which they may be right. There's a lot of talent. Yeah. Um I think you're gonna see DeMarvin Leal a lot on those lists yeah. as well. Um That's good reason. there's always really good deal. I mean, Will Anderson I think is going to be the number one lock of any player in the SEC to be and him and Stingley, I think are the two guys that'll be yeah. Consensus first team, as all SEC by the end of this week.
1: See, also, I can't get over this and I forgot who said it, but it was, it was Stephen M. Smith. Mm. Really nice guy. He covers Alabama. He says a lot of things that I feel like he shouldn't. See really good about um,
0: Stephen M. Smith?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you some videos and it, it'll be for a good laugh. He's like a really good dude. But um, I, he's also the guy that said in the offseason that, that Paul Tyson had a mix of like, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, oh, no. Aaron Rodgers. It was like it we was can't. Like we a, can't be doing that. We can't. like a fucking transformer, or like like the the giant Mighty Morphin Power Ranger thing. Like, I he he said that Will Anderson is going to break Derek Thomas's single season sack record, which is do you know what it is? I don't. It's twenty seven, Tyler. <laughs> twenty seven. Good
0: lord, man.
1: So I agree with you. I think he's he's like a you know probably besides Stingley, probably like the unanimous. Uh, our most unanimous picked player here the d-line is fucking loaded in the sec this year one guy that's not getting anywhere near enough love uh kingsley Inagbare. i'm sure i'm saying that incorrectly Mm -hmm. um but six and a half sacks last year i really think the south carolina's defensive line is going to be the most improved unit in the entire sec maybe even the country just because of all the talent they have there jordan birch coming in zach Pickens at three um they i mean they should be i don't see how they wouldn't be improved um and i think that's a guy whose numbers will probably go up just because the supporting cast around him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Georgia is deep. Everyone's on the defensive line and linebacker, obviously, you know, Bama, that like DeMarvin Lille might be the best of the bunch from a and um, at linebacker. Grant Morgan will never start in the NFL or do things like that, but he, he had like 238 <laughs> tackles last year or something. So I, I feel like he definitely deserves to be first team. This one's been like, if you look at PFF or some of those other guys, this is probably where there's like the most uh, discrepancies on the defense. Like, I, I, if it was me, I would have Owen Papo from from Auburn, Nicobe Dean from Georgia, probably Grant Morgan, and then probably Christian Harris.
0: You've had you would have uh, Papo over, um, it's Kobe McLean.
1: I mean, so those two players. They they are one and two in the SEC in returning tackles and, and solo tackles in the entire conference. So, I mean, I, I just think I think Owen. I'm going to say his name wrong. Okay. Owen Papo is, is a is a stud, and I, and I feel like he's often overlooked. And Auburn's defense should be really good, especially in the back half. Um, you brought up the Will Anderson thing. I, I I hate to sound like this, but I I the most consensus and unanimous picked player. For the, for the second straight year in the SEC is Derek Stingley. And he had a phenomenal freshman year, right? Just a phenomenal he's, – and he's a phenomenal talent. Yeah. But I'm a little bit surprised that we are doing the same thing we did a year ago, which is like – you know, there was like talk for like last season, you know, because he was a, he was an All-American, not like for a freshman All-American. He was an All-American All-American as a true freshman, right? Yeah. He had a lot of talent around him. But last year – he wasn't good. He was, I mean, he was good. He, well, the, he was whole, not anywhere close to what he was built up to be
0: the whole. I mean, I, I believe LSU was last in the country in pass defense. 127th. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that was, there was a lot of um, probably not very much trying uh, hard for Bo Pelini. I don't think there was a lot of camaraderie over there. Um, yeah. Now I get it. He's a part of that. But I think people are almost just saying last year was kind of an anomaly for at least the defense on LSU um, and are looking past that. But I get it. Yeah, Stingley wasn't near what everyone thought he would be last year. But either was Jacoby Stevens and Eli Ricks. And they have so much talent in the in the secondary, and they were so bad at right. defending the pass last year. Would so you also think-,
1: think like any defensive back that has a bunch of interceptions, right, that's not like a safety – it's usually because they're not they're targeting you and they're not yeah. targeting the other half of the field. So Eli Rix's numbers were fantastic. It's gonna be hard to put those up again. And he's he's a, a fantastic defensive back. I think PFF had both of them as like their their first team DBs or cornerbacks. Um, you're right about the Bopellini thing. I it, that that is like such a, a t- it. The whole season should probably be considered a wash just because of how dysfunctional they were, like inside and out, like on the field, off the field. Um, I'm sure they'll be a lot better. I just – Bama fans are the worst about Derek Singley. They are the fucking worst. It's obnoxious because that they will throw up Devontae Spence numbers at, like, as many times as possible. And, listen, I know that he had, like, the long touchdown pass against him when he was, like, looking at the sideline in 2019. Time to move on from that from that specific game. He's still a good cornerback. But I am surprised that, like, when you are a cornerback that is built up to be potentially the number one pick in the draft as a sophomore – and you're a part of a defensive secondary that is last in the country, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, seamless transition, Alabama's Josh Job is also getting slept on. <laughs> you think he's getting slept on? Yes. I, I actually wrote him as, in as an All-American last year, which was a, a miserable, miserable, uh, <laughs> like, I really overthought that one, I'll admit it. It's <laughs> not my best. <laughs> I did not put Patrick Sertain as an All-American, I put Josh Job.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, also from Florida, uh, Kyrie Ullum. he's going to have some, yeah. as well, uh, some good DBs in the sec this year. Um, obviously I think unanimous on special teams. Can't forget about special teams, Chris Cade York, Jake Camarda, I think will be runaway favorites yeah. there. Um, anybody on this list that you're you've been reading on some of these preseason magazines that you feel are, is being slept on. We talked about Kevin Harris. I talked about Chris Rodriguez. Um, anybody that you think is being slept on? Um, I know you just mentioned Josh Job as well.
1: You doing just to, for defense?
0: Just, any, just in general. I, I mean,
1: Josh Job, I really do think, like, his numbers, again, I know I shit on PFF all the time, but, like, his, like, in-depth, analytical, like, super whatever, like, specific stats that they threw up for him last year were ridiculous. It was absurd. He did get flagged a decent amount, but – you know, like he was the guy who was being targeted because they weren't thrown over to Patrick Sertain, right? Um, so I, I definitely think he's a guy that is like immensely talented and, and often overlooked. Um, linebacker, we're not – I don't want to only talk about Bama players, but no one's talking about Henry Toto at all anymore, which yeah. is kind of odd. Um, but for me, like if we're talking about, like especially on defense, who's being overlooked, Auburn's entire secondary – is, like, not mentioned anywhere. Smoke Monday is fantastic. They might have, top to bottom, they might have the, the best secondary in the SEC. And you don't see them anywhere on first team, it, even second team in a lot of, lot of publications. So I, I think that's kind of surprising. And then you have the other, the other stuff, like, the, the, the usual suspects of, like, Mizzou. Um, who's, the, who's the D lineman out of Mizzou? Uh, now, Kobe Whiteside like he was tremendous last year that that's like i think that's the more of a a issue with like the the logo on the side of his helmet why he gets often overlooked but that's that's what i would say what about you
0: another guy from missouri um just in general this isn't just defense related i don't i'm not saying he'll be first team but Connor basilak from the cuba yeah like he threw for almost 70 percent as a freshman last year and keep in mind you know first year coach, no spring because of COVID and Bazelak, you know, obviously didn't have a spring as a true freshman and he looked really good down the stretch. I think he's someone that's being overlooked. And then uh, you mentioned before, but Jaden Wally, Uh, he was a true freshman receiver last year, again, first year coach without a spring. So he had to learn the offense basically as a, as a true freshman, put up 718 yards receiving last year. And the reason, you know, on the surface, that's pretty impressive when, when you consider it's a shortened season, but it's really impressive when you figure out that he had 171 yards in his first six games. Right. So he went four straight games over hundred yards, including breaking the Mississippi state freshman record. That was a 43 record, 43 year record by uh, receiving 176 yards against old miss. That is an offense that obviously is very pass heavy. Jordan Wally could end up having a huge year for Mississippi state.
1: Well, and we, we talked about it a while back with like the the uptick in the numbers for a Mike Leach offense and, and like a scoring offense, especially in year two of his system. Like everywhere he's been, it's gone up, I think, on an average of 7.6 points per game from year one to year two. Um, And also the other part of that, he was doing all that with a freshman quarterback who also put up pretty – he put up efficient numbers. It was not the same kind of like, you know, KJ Costello, we still haven't heard from him, I, I hope – we need to sound like another amber alert because he put up like he he set an all-time sec record in the first game of the year and then just disappeared
0: yeah and um you know who might end up winning that job is the kid that transferred in from southern miss uh yeah. J- jack abraham so um that should be an interesting team to watch this year you know their defense is actually pretty decent uh all things considered. Right. um uh, player of the year or did you have I, I didn't really I know that we put in the, the, the Google Docs some some people that are overrated I didn't really have many that I thought would be no you know, everyone's but, feelings yes.
1: matter and no one's overrated yeah,
0: this is 2021 yeah
1: and I'm sure we're over like it's, it's a big conference there's a lot of teams I'm sure we're overlooking some people Um. so yeah like let us know what you guys think as well in a nice way um, <laughs> If so if we're talking about like so player of the year
0: yeah, Another player question. of the
1: year. Yeah, player of the year for offense. If we're projecting at the end of the season, I'm gonna say JT Daniels. So Only because I. I'm worried about Matt Corral's ability to not turn the ball over. That's it.
0: Yeah, and he's gonna have big yardage. He's gonna have a lot of touchdowns. Lane Kiffin offense. Yeah. But I agree with you, JT Daniels. When you when you take into, I already said this before, but his receiving core, his strength of opponent, which is, you know, outside of Clemson, and, and Florida easy. will be they don't good. Play yeah, anybody. yeah. Um, Florida's not going to be. They, good. They're going to have a couple national games. The Clemson game will be huge. It'll give him a platform. Uh, Florida game is always a national game as well. And with the team success, I could see JT Daniels taking home Player of the Year, an outlier just got done trashing him a little bit, not really trashing, but just comparing Kevin Harris, tank Bigsby yeah. keep in mind. He's also, so I like what you said. He's going to be relied upon heavily in that offense. I think Auburn lost its top three receivers from last year. They lost um, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've got a veteran O-line coming back. Bo picks, not great. Mm. Um, so they're going to lean on tanks Bigsby and he's also using the return game. You know, you think back a couple years to so a guy like CJ Spiller, who put up a ton of all purpose yards because he was used all over the field. Right. Auburn could do that with Tank Bigsby, and I think he could be a sleeper for player of the year, but I'll, I'll go with JT Daniels as well. No, I, I like that pick. Um, and
1: you look at like a Brian Harson offense as well. I mean, the, the past, going back to, I don't even know how long he was at Boise, but like, you know, over, before last season, you're talking about an offense that featured a you know, a running back that was averaging around 1,250 yards a season. So it's already good. It, like, if you're a new coach, the first thing you do, we talked about like that, that Kiffin thing when he came in to, you know, help be an analyst, whatever, for Bama in the Sugar Bowl. And he just wrote the five numbers on the board. Like these are your go-to guys, get them the ball. I think that's like the cheat sheet for a, a first year coach. And I'm not saying this to be a dick, but there's no way Brian Harson came into Auburn, Alabama, and was like, you know what, Bo Nix? Yeah, that's the guy. That guy's going to lead us to a – A fucking blazing eight and four record in the sec in year one no like you have five offensive linemen coming back you have an absolute like workhorse and tank Bigsby who gets like stronger even though he's not like the biggest guy he's so hard to bring down he seems to get stronger as the game goes on like i think that's gonna be a situation where he'll have he'll have one game this season at least one where he wins you the entire game, like a Darren McFadden type situation where he returns a kick has like two or three rushing touchdowns or whatever, just goes off. Um, so I, I like that pick to be honest.
0: Um, okay. Do we want to talk about the preseason order of finish predictions? I'm not ready yet. And also this has been super
1: ready. boring because we're just talking about a bunch of players. We should talk about fun stuff.
0: Like uh, questions that we'd like to ask coaches.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Okay, well, obviously, being the uncensored version of college football, um, these are questions that we would probably like to, to ask. We probably wouldn't, just out of respect for the company. Um, uh, mm, well,
1: those are your but, words.
0: <laughs> and then we also put this in the Facebook group. And if you're not a part of the Facebook group, uh, you got to go and join the group so you can have your input on the show. If you have a good enough input, maybe we'll actually read it on the show like we might tonight. Um, so let's just go down the list here. Uh, where do you want to start?
1: I mean, straight up, I'm asking Lane Kiffin. If, if this is like we can ask one question and they have to answer it and it could be anything like nothing's off limits. Yeah. Straight up, Lane, like what is the body count in Oxford after year one? And I would phrase it in a very professional sounding way and say, and can we expect – you know, an increase in numbers in year two in your system. Um, Right. Yeah. You know, what's, what's that number up to?
0: Yeah. And I would, uh, similar for me. Um, Did you, (laughs) did you change your name when you went out to the bars in Oxford uh, in year one, or did you stick with Joey Freshwater? Like, that's a big question. I'd like to know, you know, because I feel like you'd want to change. Bro, you're on to something. Um, Saban, you know, What what can be asked of Saban, right? You know, you know, if you ask him something stupid, he's just probably going to get you thrown out. But for me, um, why, bro? Why don't you just retire?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Like, I wanted to make a joke about the Maria Taylor Rachel Nichols thing because of his very viral incident with Maria Taylor after that Louisville game. She handled that incredibly well. Yeah, Um, but I think if I had to, she's a stud. Yeah if I had the chance to ask like a question I would probably just like finally ask what I wanted to ask two years ago when I had the fucking microphone in my hand and then snatched out of my hand twice because Pat 40 oh. uh took it for me one time and then in the side room I forgot her name but she was the worst she refused to give me the microphone and asked several follow-up questions um it's an unbelievably selfish move I, I can't remember her name she's the worst like to this day it really pisses me off because it was like she's like an established person in media and that was like a big moment for me man all i wanted to do was ask him what his thoughts on the game of thrones were that's it i rehearsed it over and over and over again so that's probably (laughs) what i would ask him um mike leach like i kind of want to talk about pirates because i'm a big big fan of hook yeah but i i gotta know why like i know he has like a vacation home in key west but this dude has lived in Lubbock Pullman and Starkville for like a combined 25 years of his life. Like, why do you hate
0: nice places? That's a good question. Um, I went a different route, uh, with the cost of materials being so high these days, you know, there's a lot of people okay. trying to do renovations. How do you plan to build enough sheds to get through to your team? This off-season? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> Okay, Coach O.
0: Oh, Coach O. Um, uh, did, you, did you pay to play with the blonde woman in the photo?
1: Beautiful picture. Good for him.
0: Yeah. Good for him. But was it a pay- um, pay-to-play scenario? No, they were That's like dating.
1: That's, well, did you pay? I, to play? I Honestly, I, w- I wrote down in the Google Doc, like what's scarier, Death Valley at night, the FBI, uh, <clears throat> or Bo Polini's self-confidence. But what I would have really asked is if he could get away with murder, one person who would it be because i feel like coach o could like i I just feel like he's like indestructible for like for real like like he's like iron man but with like yeah i've seen him like jog with his shirt off it's not the prettiest thing but i feel like if we like try to make like a weapon for war it would just be coach o but with like more metal like that it's a smart sentence
0: uh jimbo fisher why bro just why'd you do this to me (laughs)
1: That needs to be the goal for like to get you at media <laughs> days next year. Just to so be like, Hey Jimbo, uh, Tyler Hunt, real quick, uh, Saturday <laughs> down South real quick. Um, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> what is your fucking problem? You can recruit a single fucking offensive lineman.
0: Where's the loyalty Jimbo. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't know if you've, I don't know if you remember this, but you called me when it happened. And it was amazing. No, we were, to tell we the story. were recording. We were recording a podcast. Oh, yeah. And, um, there were heavy rumors of uh, Jimbo's last year that he was going to Texas A&M and it was one of the last games like it, it, everyone knew and Jimbo was not admitting that he was leaving and they used to do a Colin show coaches Colin show live with the studio audience Yeah, and a guy stood up in the audience took the mic and he said it's the first oh, question yeah and he said something to the tune and usually they're just layup questions like maybe even planted like pre the team morale. Yeah. And this guy stood up and he was like talking about, like he preaches loyalty and all this. He goes, where's the loyalty Jimbo. And the, just immediately people seized upon him and just ripped him out of the crowd and, and kicked him out. But it was hysterical, dude. It was like a meme that went around the four state fan base for the, for the next year. It was great. So Super maybe that was Where's the loyalty, bro. Um, Clark Lee from Vanderbilt. Are you a cop?
1: like i feel like this guy was born like out of the womb was like i'm gonna be on nypd blue which is a very deep cut but still um kirby smart i would generally want to know what his favorite bar in athens would be and um also i would love to get kirby smart to do like a fucking combine i would like to see his actual like you know his measurables and his 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 like numbers at a combine because if you ever seen him on the sideline when he gets excited dude's still got the ups yeah it's hard to run in
0: khakis. That's I would ask him not. his thoughts on Rush Probst. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: Tough. Um, uh, Dan, Dan Mullen, Mullen. Do, you, do you want my therapist's number? Because you've got a lot of issues to work on, sir.
0: I would ask him, um, just as part of the new NIL deal, any plans to involve your wife and the players? Because that, that's getting weirder by the day. Yeah,
1: you would think that that would just kind of be like an accepted thing at this point, but it does get worse and worse. You know, it's not the kiss like the like the over embrace. I think it's, it's the, embrace. the embrace of the face. If yeah. you grab someone's face to kiss them, There's, and you're not different. like eighty five or you're like making like a, a a Cinemax movie, I don't. Why are you doing it?
0: Just strange, Brian Harson. Uh, any plans to reboot Friday Night Lights where you star as an alcoholic coach who yells at your family and has a physical relationship with your starting QB? Okay, what not like romantically, but like hits strikes his players. He just seems like an angry guy.
1: He reminds me of the guy that's that's like almost like he's like a hot albino, is the best way to describe him. He's in Yellowstone and he's um he was in like walking tall. He was probably in a lot of other things too, but those are the only two cinematic films that I've seen him in. Um, you know what I'm talking about. He's always sunburned. That's like Brian Harson is the most attractive coach in the league, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like yeah, he also cute. seems like he, he buys like, he's like Coles rich where he has like a lot of crosses stitched into the back of his jeans.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Josh Heupel, how many McDonald's bags were dropped off at your house to make you look like that? it's fucked up why would you say that that like that really I mean, is like the goal
1: you just start wearing these like nike branded fucking trash bags as like clothes
0: and eating in all the time he's just gone. Uh, the physical transformations is been unfortunate for him is all i'm saying
1: he used yeah he was an athlete um oh. it happens he'll have a glow up again
0: yeah sure uh... I'm not gonna make fun of
1: his weight I'm just gonna ask him why he left Orlando to go to to go to Knoxville because this is like you know and honestly like I would love like an actual honest answer of what he like is what he thought week one or month one walking into that fucking job like what was like the the mood around the team like the mood around the administration like like because you know as bad as it is and it's like a, it's just an absolute dumpster fire like publicly you know, there's even way more shit going on behind the scenes that we don't even know about.
0: Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Shane Beamer, when you were recruiting coordinator under Spurrier, in total, how much did it cost you to get Stephen Gilmore or Stephon Gilmore, Alshon Jeffrey, and Marcus Lattimore combined? I want to know the number because South Carolina yeah, well, doesn't recruit like that.
1: Well, wait. Alshon Jeffrey was like two years prior to that, but they were also all Gilmore and, and Lattimore were both from South Carolina okay so it's probably free um yeah, sure <laughs> uh, i honestly like i don't know how old shane beamer is but like my first question would be like what's your skincare routine because i actually want to know he he's, he seems like he has a fantastic metabolism i, I don't know if he's going to be a good coach but just the genetics he's got going on no. actually i wouldn't say that because he looks way better than his dad
0: well, dad's been through some stuff. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, oh, your thoughts on the new smash hit Loki on Disney Plus? Seems like a Star Wars guy to me. Marvel guy. He,
1: I feel like because of his glasses, but I also feel like yeah. he would be the most fun to take to Vegas.
0: By the way, uh, I was looking up some stuff on him. 38 years old? You could have told me 50, and I would have believed you. You're bad at guessing an age. 50? Maybe 45. Years? 45.
1: He's three years older than us? Yeah. What am I fucking doing with my life? <laughs> um, okay, well, that's... That's that's, that's it. That's the show today. We haven't really talked about much, but that's going to do it. Um, Alright, let's act like, real quick, we're going to talk about some actual news that we probably should have opened the show with instead of just blabbering about players you probably didn't agree with off the top. Three big things happened in the past couple weeks since we recorded last. Is Kiffin... I I was sent this like over a week ago and I wasn't allowed to post anything about it because we're trying to see what, what was going to come of it. But rumors swirling out of Oxford that I mean, I'm honestly surprised it took this long. Joey Saltwater. Joey Saltwater might be a baby daddy and he might've impregnated a, I don't think she's a co-ed. I think she's like a professor's daughter. Um, That's even better. I, I, so I got this from like a pretty reliable source And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you don't want to like speculate and and, and like throw that out there without any kind of like facts. But it's also probably the most believable rumor you could have about about Lane Kiffin.
0: Oh, absolutely. When I saw you put this in here, I thought it was real.
1: He's like Sean Kemp in khakis. Like, I I just feel like and it would be accepted because he's like everyone loves him now. He can do no wrong. Um, So all I know about the situation, he he denied it. Um, pretty adamantly on social media and was kind of laughing at the people um, because I I think like the the resounding phrase of what happened was that he done got her knocked up. It was like done got knocked up and he he made uh, a lot of fun of that, which was fantastic. But I will say, when I looked into this person on social media, very attractive. They're both adults. Do you? You're not, you know, you're single. Um, But within like i don't know an hour of hearing these rumors all of her social media went private right away um so who knows
0: Hmm. interesting love is love as the world turns in the sec i love it this is what makes college football so great by the way they don't have this kind of shit in the pac-12
1: i don't know suck it bro
0: horns down penalty
1: oh my god just, year, just do less to be like, like, I, I, there's few teams besides Michigan that just go out of their way to, to be like not likable. And, and I really want to like Texas because I love Steve Sarkeesian. I think he's going to do a great job there. It's a national brand. They have a great color scheme. Everyone awesome. loves Matthew McConaughey. Great town. Never been to Austin. awesome. Um, I heard it's like the Birmingham of Texas, though. So that sounds pretty nice. I, I just like, what? if you're if you're texas i feel like you should be going out of your way to be like no it's fine do the horns down thing this is not like this is not offensive it's a it's a fucking sign language like finger gesture we're all adults here
0: yeah i I don't get it just take the fun out of the game please just take more fun let's let's continue making the game less fun seems yeah great idea
1: i don't think any like rational adults getting their their actual feelings hurt when somebody puts like a fake index finger bowl upside down. I, I just, I don't get it. And I, and Tom Hart brought up a really good point about this because it's not, it's not Texas's fault. I think it's like, it's not from the incident of It's like big 12 officials are going to implement this. Right. And they've been doing it for the past, like six years. This is not like the first time. It just seems like every time in the offseason gets brought up, we're still shocked that people could be that sensitive um in texas of all places but tom of to the point is like they should just like one they should probably penalize them when they do like the horns up but i feel like you should have like a, a a friends thing here like like the ross and uh and monica like like figuring out like a different sign language to give each other the finger the entire big 12 should come up with like their own horns down that isn't the horns up. you know what i'm saying
0: i like that i like that move yeah. i
1: don't know what it would uh- be but
0: Next topic, I'm going to let you take this.
1: Nick Muse Photogate. Um, if you missed it, you're probably just not on social media. so good for you. Nick Muse, uh, star tight end of, of South Carolina. Like, kid's hilarious. Um, like, a, a really enjoyable, charismatic college football player. Does everything right. He's, he's funny on social media. Doesn't get himself into trouble. He posted a picture, a series of pictures, on Instagram where it was like, him like shirtless in his like in the rest of his uniform then there was like a serious one where like he was like in like full uniform and then the last one he was in a very I call it high sass um with his hand on his hip and he was just being funny I guess like I did I came to his defense immediately because I've made I've made that pose countless times. And you um, weren't trying to be funny. No that's just how I am my hands always in yeah. my hip. All right. Um but like, the the overreaction to this, and I blame I blame social media, obviously, because Barcel saw it, and they immediately made fun of it, and I, I, like, I don't think it was wrong of them to necessarily make fun of it, but the way they went about it, it instantly opened the door for, like, the most ignorant, homophobic, and idiotic comments ever, and I just, I, I don't get it, because it's a picture of, like, a 21-year-old kid, like, just, I, I don't want to, I hate the word silly, but, like, just kind of being himself. And there were, there were actual people that thought it was so offensive that they needed to chime in on every platform imaginable about it. But my favorite was like, they were either outwardly homophobic and saying how ridiculous it looked, or they had like a disguised homophobia where they're like, you you just can't, you can't disrespect the uniform like that. Sir, he's not a fucking Marine. He's wearing a uniform of a team that went two and eight last year. Like, (laughs) fuck off why are we taking everything so seriously so i yeah that was that was bizarre and it lasted for like
0: several days this won't be the last time we hear from nick muse i've got a feeling no we're gonna hear from him again soon we're a nick Muse podcast we are do we have time for a drunk history this week or do we just want to go right into the uncensored member of the week
1: no we, i mean we've already just talked for way too long so might as well do the drunk history this is this week's drunk history is uh brought to us by Clark Futch. He's been submitting the same answer for like several weeks, and it's awesome. And it is the SEC uh probation, SEC teams that were on probation, and he wanted us to go over all of them. That's way too long. But I found a couple that were fantastic. Okay. And there's one specifically between Bama and Auburn and the shit that went down in the early 90s, late 80s. Um with that rivalry that is just absolutely wild because like probation, we don't even really hear about it as much anymore. Cause like at this point, you know, it's, it's like a slap on the wrist and like the, the, I guess penalties aren't nearly as um, dramatic or hurtful as they used to be like in the nineties. Like if you missed a bowl game then, or you had like a bunch of scholarship limitations, it was like, it seemed like it was way more impactful.
0: Right.
1: Um, all right, here you go. Just the highlights here. Uh, Alabama is they made the list a lot I'll be honest um 2009 they had to vacate 21 wins between 2005 2007 because players were selling textbooks that they were given for free and they were selling and make a profit uh it was pretty bad I thought it was only five players apparently it was like $44,000 worth of textbooks um which is not great so this they- <laughs> is said the tide claimed the textbooks were not used for profit they were solely for academics and helping out their, their fellow students uh the next one on the list alabama again 2002 this is when they were an eyelash short of the death penalty they were giving impermissible benefits to potential recruits and or their high school coaches this is from the 1999 book that came out about a year in the sec where steve spurrier blatantly called out mike dubose over a five-star recruit named albert means who was being shopped around by his high school coach lynn lang and it was a very specific request. It was $100,000 and a new Ford Expedition because he didn't understand what a luxury car was. And the day after Albert Means committed to Alabama, Lin Lang showed up to school in a brand new Ford Expedition um, on his $35,000 a year salary. So that was pretty bad. <laughs> Kentucky 2000, under Howe, uh, head coach how mummy, he originally brought the air raid, blah, 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 to the Bluegrass. Um, he got caught providing assistant coaches with money to sway recruits to Kentucky. Like, that was a fun time, though, for Kentucky. when We had Tim Couch yeah. and Craig Yeast. Like, I, they, again, those programs, they should be allowed to cheat. 95, Alabama again. Um, they had to, they, I think they had a bowl ban, and they had to vacate wins because Antonio Langen was caught receiving illegal benefits from an agent before the NFL draft. Do you know what the illegal benefits were? Hookers. No, it was $400. <laughs> And he signed a contract that was a fucking bar napkin at 3 a.m. on Bourbon Street after the national championship. So there's that. Oh, yeah. I'm not over it still. Uh, Arkansas. Eh. OK, so they, the men's uh, basketball team and football team were being blatantly overpaid for part time jobs at j Trucking Service, which happened to be owned by a giant Arkansas booster. They were placed on probation uh, for five years up until 1989. All right. Here's the fun one. the fun ones here. Auburn in 1993, Eric Ramsey, a former Auburn football player was found to have received illegal benefits from Auburn's coaches and boosters. And as a result, the Tigers were put on two years probation and given a television ban, uh, as a postseason ban during those two seasons. So in 93, they went 11 or no, and they were never on TV. Uh, the penalty was especially
0: harsh but, considering was this Terry Bowden. Yeah.
1: yeah. Year one at Terry Bowden. Um, they were the nation's lone unbeaten team, but could not compete in a bowl game, blah, blah, blah. So, this entire story between, um, what's his name? I just said his name. What the hell? What what was the guy's name I just read? Damn it. Eric Ramsey. Eric Ramsey wore a wire and did like a full-on like sting against Auburn's coaching staff who paid him to go to Auburn. And it was, I, I believe this was him and Gene Jelks. Gene Jelks is from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, where I was born and raised. And Gene Jokes accepted like $25,000 from an Auburn booster because Gene Jokes had a crack problem after he left Alabama. And it was to tell the NCAA that Alabama paid him. So then you had this very weird and public back and forth where Alabama boosters uh, were rumored to have paid, what's his name, Eric Ramsey, $30,000 to then rat out Auburn so you had like, like this like weird shitty spy game thing going on that went on for several several years. Um, we could do a full episode on that, but it, it is it's absolutely incredible because it was a former player literally wearing a wire. Why are you not interested in this at all? What's wrong with you? I, I'm really into this. I can tell. Um, anyway, that's that's what happened. It, it's just like very very bizarre. Uh, last two, we'll see. That's not that great they didn't leave in list Jackie Sherrill, but Jackie Sherrill was like one of the more corrupt, uh, coaches in the sec when he's at Mississippi state and A and And you also have Florida who in the mid eighties, Charlie Pell, mm. um, a lot of Florida fans will tell you that I think it's 84. They should have been national champions. Um, he like swung for the fucking fences when he cheated, like they, it was real bad. Uh, Let's see here. He was fired for infractions of his own who found to have been supplementing assistant coach salaries with his own money in addition to allegedly paying child support-related costs for one of his players. Um, they were placed on probation and given a bull ban for the next season There you go.
0: See, I mean, paying, helping someone pay their child support. That's There's a lot more to the story, I feel like. I feel like that's not that big of a deal. Well, all right. Let's but they were like... Persons. Ole Miss style cheating. Uh,
1: After the 1980.
0: Yes. Without a
1: doubt. Pell took full responsibility for the violations and announced he would resign at the end of the season. Um, Here you go. Three games into the season, the NCAA announced that Florida was alleged to have committed over 107 infractions, including spying on other teams, practices, payments and gifts to players and allowing walk-ons to stay in the athletic dorm. That one's not, they shouldn't have closed with that. That should have opened with that that one.
0: Yeah.
1: they fired him on the and spot. And worse
0: yet. <laughs>
1: they were letting walk-on stay inside. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, so he was fired. In, in January 85, it was ultimately determined that Pell and Gators coaching staff had actually committed 59 infractions. Uh, the NCAA placed four on two years probation, blah, blah, blah. They couldn't do on television. They reduced their football scholarships. That's pretty much it. But, yeah, it was um, – they had to vacate their 1984 SEC championship. I, I just – 59 infractions seems like a lot.
0: That is a lot. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all this NIL stuff. I just feel like it opens up the door for so much of this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, but like the NCAA is just getting cucked in front of everybody right now. So they're just letting it all happen. They don't know what to do.
0: I love how the NCAA was like, you know, <laughs> we're just going to go ahead and step back and remove ourselves. It's like, thanks, bro. You never were involved. You never did anything. Yeah. But that was thanks, the most thanks,
1: like. I was going to break up with her first moment ever from fucking Mark Emmert. It was ridiculous. All right. Close us out here.
0: All right. Uncensored moment of the week. Uh, a guy that everyone loves to hate. I'm sure many of you saw this story, but I figured I'd bring it up. Uh, PGA golfer Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, some of you familiar. Most of you, if you watch sports, uh, the Open Championship was this past weekend. Great tournament. Um, came down to the wire today. Um, Bryson DeChambeau went plus one, went one over in his first round. And in his post round interview, he blamed it on his driver, Chris. And this is, I I feel like this is what you and I would do if we had a bad day on the course. Ah, damn driver. I gotta go get a new driver. This thing sucks. Um, His quote, if I can hit it down the, if I can't hit it down the middle of the fairway, that's great. But with the driver right now, this driver sucks. It's not a good face for me. And we're still trying to figure out how to make it good on the miss hits. I'm living on the razor's edge. Like I've told people for a long time. Oh my God. All right, bro. Maybe
1: like tone it down a fucking notch (laughs) and stop trying to hit it like 400 yards. And like, he is like the most 1930s, forties or fifties, like athlete. Imaginable. He's like, yeah. Like what'd you do in the off season? Well, in the two and a half weeks that we had in the off season, I, I drank as many milkshakes as possible and I gained (laughs) 40 pounds so I could hit the ball further. Also like, bro, if you're, like your driver, that's like how about your don't mis- only hit job. Yeah, your all that's your main job. Like that'd be like if like you're a NASCAR driver. Like, well, the fucking you know, like the gas pedal is the worst. I, like, and I, I, if it wasn't for that, like the car would be fine. But like every time I try to start the race, it,
0: something fucks up. No, like wear better no. shoes. Keep in mind, Cobra pays Deshambo a shit ton of money to endorse their products. Not say on a public forum how bad they suck. Um, the clubs w-
1: he would pick something called Cobra as yeah,
0: well. The clubs that the pros use, they're not like the ones you and I buy. Like, yes, I can go buy a Sim Two driver from Taylor It's not the same Sim Two driver that Colin Morikawa won the championship with. They, these these guys it have full so teams right of engineers that work on their exact swing to to get them the exact club that they need. They have made seven different tra- changes to his driver this year. In six months. Well, and I'm sure request. that means
1: he's not part of the problem. I mean, right.
0: So my favorite thing about this was twofold. Cobra's tour operations manager was not having it. He came out and basically said, this is a quote. Bryson, he's like an eight-year-old that gets mad at you. They might fly off the handle and say, I hate you. But then you go, whoa, no, you don't. We know as adults that they really don't mean that. <laughs> Just you fucking absolutely- kidding me? He said that publicly. He put that statement out there. The best part about this, everyone that watches the PGA knows that Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka have an ongoing feud constantly. Um, just last week, Bryson DeChambeau fired his caddy right before a round, right after the week um Kepka tweeted out how much he loves his caddy, caddy appreciation day. So, the following <laughs> round, Brooks Kepka followed that up the next day post-round interview First response to how he played that day. You know, I drove the ball great today. I just love my driver. Love my driver. Love and it. It is. Bryson DeChambeau is just the epitome. He is, he's like a movie character. Just like Brian Harson is, is, is like a he's football coach in a movie. He's, he's just. He's fucking Biff you, Tannen. You couldn't come up with someone better for golf to hate. It's like people just tune in to watch him fail, and he he constantly digs himself his own hole. It's it's fantastic to watch. So that's well, my humor. Like,
1: also, I kept thinking that it was probably like just an act, like they were just like kind of doing <clears throat> like doing it for like the fans, like to drum up more interest or come, no. like, you know, like like WWE type shit. But then at every turn, he does something even more unlikable than before. Like I think it was like after the Masters or maybe it was the U.S. Open where he either the next day or like hours after he got home, he's like late night workout sesh. And he had grabbed like, like whatever the weight was, it was far too heavy to be doing dumbbell curls. And there was no part of him that was doing it correctly. And he was just like, like with, with like the most average looking dudes that probably worked at fucking like Ernst and Young. Is that a place? That's the thing, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, like, and working out his all garage, probably
0: dude, perfect.
1: You're, yeah, that's exact, dude. Like that's the best way to put it. <laughs> Unfucking believe. Like also, golfers make so much money. Like you can yeah. come in like 18th place and you're like, well, I made a, a casual two hundred thousand dollars. Bro, put a gym in your house and don't work out in the fucking garage. Like you're like the older brother from the Goonies. <laughs> like, wh- like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> so, anyways, that's my member of the week. That's gonna be it for the podcast. Chris, enjoy SEC Media Days this week. Should be fun. We'll come back with a new episode talking about what was talked about at the SEC Media Days. Riveting. Um, If you're a big fan of our show, please let us know. You can go on Apple Podcasts, give us a review, give us five stars. Um, You can go on the Facebook page, interact with us. I do a horrible job at it. Chris is great at it. I'm trying to get better now that I'm an employee. There it
1: is. We should probably read. Hold on, real quick. Real quick. We're going to read one review. Okay, um, I,
0: pick the best you one want to pick please. it out or like? Pick the best one, please.
1: Well, we did we read the one about the demigod thing? Okay, we'll just read this one. It says bueno. No, we we already read that one. I think.
0: I don't think we've um, read
1: a review in a while. Okay, here's the most recent one. It says keep it up. It's from King K. Show is awesome. Chemistry is great. The content is great. Even when you guys are completely off topic, which is most of the time um i used to listen sds faithfully but now that this pairing is even better can't wait to hear post-game reactions when the season kicks off i know and that is a perfect segue into the idea we had we want to hear back from you guys as well we're gonna put in like a a little old school voicemail uh a number for you guys to call in yes like i don't want it to be at any other point besides your angriest and most emotional after a game
0: I need a bourbon fueled right after a loss. I might call in after Florida State gets their blown doors up. Their whoa, blown doors. Whoa, of doors blown off by Notre Dame in game 1. I may just call in to my own line and just voice it out. So yeah. And I'm not going to
1: play it on the podcast cuz no one gives a shit about Florida State but like still exactly. it's cathartic.
0: Oh yeah, you, you know, everybody's got to get it out. And uh, so you know, if you are a Bama fan and somehow you guys um, only beat Miami by 20 and you're pissed, and you've had 16 maker's marks and ginger, uh, not that you should be, by the way, not the, not that you should be mixing your bourbon with anything. Yeah. Not the way to drink it. But if you do, uh, just let us know. And we want, it's uncensored for a reason, Chris, you say whatever you want. Now, if it gets too extreme, we're not going to play everything. Okay. So
1: no, I would, well, (laughs) yeah, I would, I would hope not, but I mean, I've seen some of you guys in action, so that'll be a lot of fun. We'll definitely do that. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the season as well. And And let us know this is is
0: a podcast for the people, Chris. You know, we are college football fans at heart. So we want to hear from you guys. What do you want to hear this fall? That's going to be one of our ideas. But if there's anything that you want to hear from us uh, or if you want to have some input on the show, let us know. Um, This is a podcast for the people. And we're going to give you
1: the reins. We're the clay ache in a podcast.
0: Hail right, brother. Hail
1: right. We'll see y'all next week, guys.